This is Dish and Dirt with Gary Pickering, South Carolina's only podcast dedicated to the real estate agent's craft. Hey guys, you made it. You officially made it through 2020. 2020's officially in the can, or should we say the toilet. It is officially over. It is now 2021. And as that wonderful hymnal says, morning is broken. So morning's broken on a new year for your career. And we're really excited about everything that 2021 has to offer. Gary Pickering here with another episode of our podcast. And as you know, this is our first podcast of 2021. We finished out last year, a couple of weeks before uh, the end of the year, we took off for Christmas and New Year's Eve. So we started back today with our first episode of 2021 and really excited about a lot of the topics and guests that we'll have for you this year. Now, I do want to thank you for making our podcast the fastest growing podcast in Columbia, South Carolina, done by an attorney named Gary. So you really, We're really killing it in the podcast by Gary Attorneys uh, because of all of y'all's dedicated listening. So really appreciate that. Now, today's show is going to be a real treat for y'all. I have a very special guest, Cindy McGovern. She is known as the First Lady of Sales, and she is a Wall Street Journal best-selling author of the book called Every Job is a Sales Job. She has been all over the country speaking. She is a very sought-after sales coach, speaker. She works with businesses. She's a business coach. She's our business coach, and she's also a sales coach, and she works with a lot of real estate agents in California and across the country on how to increase their sales. She is the owner and founder of Orange Leaf Consulting. She has taught at Florida State University, Columbia State, as well as Belmont University in Nashville. And she joins us today all the way from San Francisco, California, because yes, my podcast now has that kind of pull that I can get Wall Street Journal, best-selling authors, all the way from San Francisco, in a state that's completely locked down, to join me on my show, which either tells you she had really nothing else to do today, or maybe because she's our business coach, she felt felt obligated to appear on the show. But anyway, it's your benefit because she's going to spend time with you today talking about how to increase and grow your business in 2021, things that you need to know in sales that maybe you've forgotten, you've never learned. I've learned a tremendous amount from her, so I'm really excited. Of course, we'll also do an episode of Gary's Good News Only. Let's not waste any time today, and let's jump right on into our main guest. All right. Well, thanks, Cindy, for being with us today. I'm really excited to have you here. You've become a real good friend over the past couple of years working together. And I think it says a lot about our podcast that I have a Wall Street Journal bestseller author on our podcast all the way from California. I'm so excited to be here, Gary. I love working with you all and I'm honored to be on this podcast. I'm a big fan. Well, cool. And you have a great book. And I really want to talk today about a lot of things that I read your book. Once I started reading it, I really didn't put it down for the weekend. And I literally read it in a weekend. And, and I highlighted a bunch of stuff and circled things. So I really want to hit a few things in your book that are, I think, really important to all salespeople. So my first question is, when people are in sales, and particularly real estate sales, what is the thing that they forget the most to do? <laughs> so this is a fantastic question, because oftentimes people think that salespeople are supposed to be doing all the talking. And in fact, one of the things they forget to do is listen. So I think that's one of the most important things that you can do. And especially as a real estate agent, you have to ask those open-ended questions to understand what your buyer or your seller wants and what their vision is and really almost soliciting that and helping them to build the vision of what their, you know, especially if it's a buyer, like their dream home. And that is all listening skills. And I find that a lot of salespeople in all kinds of industries feel like they're kind of chomping at the bit to get an answer out or they're, you know, they're short, shorting the question so they can go, oh, but I know an answer. Oh, I want to tell you how smart I am. 
I'm going to tell you, I know something about this. And that's not really it. It literally is about you doing less talking, you doing more listening, but asking those pointed questions. And I think that's so true because real estate agents have their sales pitch memorized and they get their listing presentation or their buyer representation presentation, and they just want to regurgitate it as quick as they can. And they don't even stop to ask, what is it that the consumer wants in a house? Do they need an office in their house? Do they need a swimming pool? Do they need you know, good schools? And I think that gets lost when they don't do the listen. One of the things that I coached, uh, I coached some realtors here and there. And one of the coaching conversations I had with a realtor about four years ago in the Bay Area here in San Francisco, she was going after buyers and her sales cycle was so long. And I said, well, how do you qualify them to be really clear? And she's like, oh, they want a 3-2 or they want a 3-3 or they want a blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, no. You got to figure out your sort of qualifying factors of what it is, how they're going to use the space. Do they have family that comes and lives with them for a month that changes the way the house is laid out? Like all right. of these things. And that's what you're going to get through listening. But it is, again, asking those good questions, but giving them a chance to tell you their story. Now, in your book, you use the term a lot, consultative sales. And you and I have actually worked together on consultative sales. And that's something we're trying to do here at the firm. How would a real estate agent, first of all, what is it and how would a real estate agent use that in their sales presentation? So successful realtors are doing this already. So I will say that it, it is truly just using a more inquisitive approach to sales to understand before you are understood. So very similar to what we were discussing about listening, it's soliciting that information to really understand what the needs of that person are. So then you can offer your, your services as a solution. You know, it's kind of like, a salesperson that pitches you something as you're walking past them in a mall or something, that's a pitch. If they asked, hey, do you use face cream? Do you use hand lotion? And they solicited information, not only do they find that, yes, you are a qualified consumer for them, but it shortens the sales cycle because you trust them more because it feels like at least it's personal. And then it also gives you that opportunity to customize your pitch, which we know you already have figured out. So I think it's hugely important. And a lot of the consultative sales approach that I work with, with realtors, with you, know, with you guys, is understanding your client's needs so you can ask those right open-ended questions. And so for the real estate agents listening today and watching this today, I highly recommend a list of the questions that you want to ask every potential customer. And then you can pick and choose. And once you have that, it kind of gets in your head and you know, it's second nature but I highly recommend if you've never done this for yourself, it's actually kind of a magical exercise. And I think it also makes the consumer feel like they got something of value because you are finding out what their needs are by listening. And then you're fulfilling that need versus like you said, in the mall where it's just a pitch here, this is something you have to have. It's like, well, I don't even need that. Yeah. But when you do the listening, you do the consultative approach, you're finding out what they need. And then you're answering that question and fulfilling that need. Can we also be honest about one other thing with that? you decide whether you actually want to work with them or not too. <laughs> well, that's true. You don't have to work with everybody. <laughs> I think that's a problem in sales too, is that we think we have to work with everybody because it's a possible sale. Yeah, but, but it's a way where you can decide whether you're going to be a good fit for them or not. I mean, it's a way that you kind of date before you get married. So it's, it's a really nice approach. If you haven't that, I highly recommend it. And I'd love to hear some of your listeners, what they, uh, what they do with it after this podcast. Well, one thing I think people forget in sales a lot is that sales opportunities present themselves in all kinds of different places. And in your book, you talk about some of the many different ways in which you fell into sales yourselves or your clients fell into sales because of being somewhere or talking to the right person. 
I, I know in my business, a lot of times, just because I've been somewhere and met somebody, like I met a builder the other day, a developer, because my daughter and his daughter ride horses at the same horse farm. We started talking. We're in the same business. I'm starting to do closings for them. Um, so in your book, you call them the hey, by the way, sales. So I firmly believe that there are 7 billion people on the planet. So there are essentially close to 7 billion prospects. <laughs> I think everybody is a potential customer or a potential referral source, which then makes them a customer. Everybody you meet is at least an opportunity to be a center of influence for you and be able to think highly of you or negatively of you and then talk about you. I mean, that's the whole point as a real estate agent is you don't want to be the only one selling your services. You want right. your other partners and your past customers, but also everybody you encounter to remember who you are, why you're awesome at it, and how you can help somebody. And so that hey, by the way sale is how you find those opportunities every day to just talk a little bit about what you do for somebody, solicit information from them. What do they do? What are they interested in? Kind of like with you and you know your daughters ride horses together, but start to get into the conversation met that person, had that conversation, left and never talked business. Right. What I find is a lot of people do that. They think, oh, but that was a social encounter. Yeah. You know how most business deals start as a social encounter? Right. People do business with people they like. So I think it's having that heightened sense of awareness that these opportunities are going to present themselves. But it, there's one step before that, that I think a lot of people skip, which is you have to have a plan for when those present themselves of what you're going to do. What are you going to say in that moment? Where are you looking for people? It's almost like you're looking for a perfect jacket or a perfect pair of shoes or something. And then you're, you start seeing them everywhere. And it's like, oh my God, they, they drive a blue car. You drive a blue car. You drive a blue car. Right. You decide you want a blue car. So for the real estate agents that are listening and watching the podcast today, I would encourage you get really clear on what those goals are. Get really clear on who can help you reach them then start honing in on some of those targets and then figure out what you're going to say when that opportunity comes. And that's really where the Hey, by the way, sale happens. There was a real estate agent 25 years ago uh, that told me one time he always wore his name, his little uh, button with his name on his little tag. Even when he's at home on the weekends, it didn't matter. And he would say that he'd be pumping gas and somebody would say, Hey, you work for, you're a real estate agent. And he'd immediately hand him a card and he would literally get business off of that because he would see that opportunity to get it. I do think it's interesting on a, on a kind of a different note as you know, my son plays soccer, but I, I see this a lot that people who have kids on the same team, there'll be a real estate agent on that team that none of the parents have ever used. And I'm like, well, it's because she's never asked. They've never come and said, Hey, I'm in real estate. If you need something, let me help you. And if you're not asking those people that are in your circle of influence to use a real estate term, who, who are you going to use? I mean, yeah. who's going to use you? You're going now going out and trying to get complete strangers versus people who already know you and like you. And I think it's also that you give them a little too much credit. Like, I think that we sort of assume as human beings, it's like, oh, well, our kids play soccer together or, you know, we live in the same neighborhood. They, they know I'm a real estate agent. If they need me, they're going to come after me. I'm telling you right now, you're giving them way too much credit. <laughs> you got you to put it out there. You got to invite them to work with you. Make sure they know how to tell your story and that's where you're going to get more business. And, and I mean, it's a business really in a lot of ways. I mean, you don't want to go cold call who does. So it's making sure everybody knows how to tell that story. So they tee you up for those, Hey, by the way, sales as well. For me, it, nothing's more depressing than when I hear a friend or a casual friend, as I call them, a casual friend or somebody that, that my son's parents are friends with buy a house and didn't use me for the closing. And I'm like, why did they not use me for a closing? Oh, they probably forgot you were an attorney because 
I never told them. So yeah, yeah that's very depressing. So I, that's one of those things you hate losing those sales. I can lose a stranger cell, but when I find out somebody that I'm in a circle yeah. of friends <laughs> with uses somebody else, it's really depressing. It's like, do they not like me? Why did they not use yeah. me? It's probably because they kind of forgot I was in real estate. It's yeah. really what it is. And, and you know what? That's one quick thing on that is, you know, there's a term called own, own your block. And if you're not owning your block, your neighbors, everybody else, they're going to come to you. Should say something too. beef up your own neighborhood, beef up the people around your, your center of influence to make sure everybody knows this is who you are. This is what you do. And this is why you're different at it as well. Make sure that differentiation is clear. Right. In your book, there was another thing I really liked, and I read this section a couple of times, and this is what Blair Cato really tries to do with a lot of our marketing, is that the moments that matter. Could you talk about what that, what that is and how that could help a real estate agent? Yeah. So this is something that we all experience on a daily basis, just as consumers. There, It's sort of like the expectation of customer service, and then somebody goes above and beyond, whether it's the waiter remembers that I like sweet tea with extra lemon, or you know whatever it is, it's some little thing. But it's a moment to wow me that I wasn't expecting. And in real estate and in title as well and everything else, at title escrow, it's sort of this process that just sort of starts going and it just keeps ticking along and then it's done. Right. We forget what the moments are for everybody else involved. You know, to you as a real estate agent, those listening today, this is your 15th deal that you've done. You know, you've done through this a, a thousand times. To this person, it's the second house they bought or sold. They don't remember the process. They don't remember the stuff. And what are the moments that matter to them? Well, it's not just the moment that matters to them of when they get their keys or when they get their check. It's the fact that somebody actually wants to buy their house or they found the house. So it's looking for those little moments to wow them. And I think a lot of times we skip over them because to us, it's very easy. And so an example that that comes to mind for me is I had hip surgery a few years back and I went to an, it was, you know, I was an athlete and I went to this surgeon at Georgetown University. He does all athletes, all the same hip surgery. I was probably like number 57 that week or something. I was freaked out. I'm like, dude, you're going to cut me open and take my hip out of the socket and move stuff around. Like, tell me what the heck is going on. He had a moment to wow me with simply pausing, giving me 30 seconds in the office and explaining this to me. That's all he needed to do. What are we doing where we're not explaining to our clients what the process is? You Mm -hmm. do they. And so especially in real estate, because there's a bit of a veil with real estate, right? Like, you know, there's a house at the end of it, but what all's going on while it's all happening behind the scenes? Behind the curtain, yeah. Yeah, making sure you're informing your clients and more importantly, letting them know what that process is going to be, even with, you know, we're going to be sending this to the attorney. This is going to take this amount of time. Then you're going to get this back somebody's going to be reaching out to you, asking you for a whole lot of personal information. This is how you upload it. Like little tiny things. Those are the moments. And then there's another moment that I have to mention for real estate agents that we coach realtors that we're working with on, which is the house anniversary. This is your best moment to shine after they're out of your life. I cannot tell you how many real estate agents do the obligatory postcard. Mm -hmm. I know was mass produced. And says, congratulations on your house anniversary. Pick up the phone. Check in. How's it working? Did you build that back deck on it? Oh, my gosh, you got a trampoline. I love it. I'm going to come over and hang out. Like, whatever it is to help them understand you, A, remember them, B, that their business was important to you and you appreciate it, and C, it's a chance for you to see if there's a hay by the way sale there. 
Yeah, might be a neighbor, might be a friend, might be a family member. You never know. Never we're now out of time, and I really want to give this last question because I know this one's. Uh, I like this one a lot because I, I do this myself. Everybody in my market knows that I'm a baseball, beer, Cleveland Browns, and even the Bachelor fan. That's the four <laughs> things that people know me. The four B: beer, baseball, the Browns, and the Bachelor. And I get a lot of people like when they see me want to talk about those things because everybody knows that's what I like to do. And so how much of sales for a real estate agent is about their personality versus selling their service? I think a lot of people think, oh, they're just selling their service. I don't see that in, in today. And I think people are expecting you to, you're selling yourself first and then your service. Yeah. So as you know, in the book, I talk a lot about this. It's your personal brand. And as a real estate agent, you are the brand. Yes, you, you know, hold your shingle under a, a brokerage, but it's you that I'm buying. And chances are you've moved brokerages and I followed you. Right. So your personal brand, in in my opinion, is more important than anything. And it is, it's like that guy that wore his name tag everywhere he went. That was part of his personal brand. A lot of people that know me, my personal brand is about gratitude. I am so very grateful for this opportunity. I'm very cognizant of the fact that I'm very lucky to get up and do this every day. And so I try to make sure that I express that to people that I meet in all walks of life. What is your personal brand? And that would be the question that I would have for everybody watching and listening today is, could you explain it in four words like you just did? And if I've met you once or twice, could I at least know one or two of those words? Not, we're not doing a good job of living our personal brand. Like, I want people to know that we grow business, period. We make you more money. (laughs) That's company. That's what we do. My book is going to help you make more money, help you grow your business, all that stuff. That's all I care about. But I want you to know that we do it authentically. We are grateful for it. Like there's other words in there, but at least make sure you know who you want to be known as. Because I'll also tell you this, and y'all know this as real estate agents, it's a crowded space out there. Being a top producing agent also isn't enough of a differentiator. I don't care what your designations are. I care about who you are and how you work. So that's a great exercise. And especially like you know, as you're going into planning for next year and next quarter, whatever it happens to be, looking at how you're building your personal brand and what does it look like? And does it need to shift? And times have shifted. I mean, this year has been insane. So looking at (laughs) well, there's a lot to be grateful for though. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I think there's a lot to be grateful. But but I think that's a good opportunity for everybody to kind of look at their own brand and see how you maybe want that to shift and then make sure you're living it every single day. You're doing something to promote your, build your brand, to elevate your brand. Well, thank you. I know we're out of time and I really appreciate you being with us today. But before we leave, where can people find your book? You're the first lady of sales. So where can they find your book and where can they follow you? Because I follow you on Instagram, but you'll tell everybody how to follow you. Absolutely. So I'm pretty easy to find. It's drcindy.com. You can get the book there at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or basically any local bookseller. And best way to follow me is at 1ST Lady of Sales, 1ST Lady of Sales, that's the number one in ST, or you can type in Dr. Cindy and it'll pop up and I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And I'd love to hear how you all are applying what we talked about today. That's my favorite part of of this job is getting to hear the success stories. So I tell you, everybody needs to go buy the book. I'm telling you, it's a great, easy read, took a weekend. And I got so much out of it. I, I didn't realize how many of the sales things I was already doing. It's amazing. So it's a great book. Cindy, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Gary. This was an honor and a pleasure. I appreciate it. Before we get to Gary's good news only, Motor Trend this year named as its 2021 car of the year, the Mercedes-Benz E-Class. 
And I don't know if y'all have had a chance to see the inside of this. And, and a lot of y'all are wondering, why is Gary talking about cars? Well, if you'll go to my YouTube page for Blair Cato and type in brokers and cars talking contracts, you'll see where uh, last year I spent a lot of time driving around in these really expensive killer cars with brokers going over the CCRA contract. And one of the cars that we looked at while we were doing that was the Mercedes-Benz E-Class for 2020. Well, the 2020 and 21 now have this state-of-the-art system. It's an MBUX multimedia system that has a 12.3-inch display. Basically, from the driver's door to almost the passenger seat is fully digitalized with all kind of gauges and lights, and the car comes with like, heck, I don't know, 360 different lights, like under the dash and in the doors. There's all kind of light colors that you can change the interior of the car from blue to red to yellow to green, and it is really killer. And if you like Alexa, all you have to do is say, hey, Mercedes, and she'll be like, hey, how can I help you? And you say, I would like to navigate to home. It's utterly amazing, the technology in this car. Now, if you want to go drive one or test drive one or see one, you need to call my good friend Brad Megan over at Dick Dyer. Now, Brad is, you know, there's a, the, the saying, oh, this is, they dress the stars. Well, Brad is the one who puts all the real estate agents in Mercedes. He, he, I think everybody who has a, a, a new Mercedes who's a real estate agent, they got it through Brad. If you want a Mercedes, a Volvo, any car, Brad can get it for you. But Brad knows the Mercedes. He is the man to get over at Dick Dyer. So dial 803 803- 786-8888 or 803-397-4000. All right, now we do our next segment, which is Gary's Good News Only. And as you probably know, this is our segment where we give only good news that's happening in the economy, the real estate market, as well as with the coronavirus. And we started this back in March through our legal tips when we just got so sick and tired of constant drumbeat of bad news in our media. So we started looking for and finding good news to share with all of our listeners. So today, let's start with our economy. As y'all probably saw, 2020, we finished the year above 30,000 points in the stock market. That's the first time that has ever happened. Uh, Housing Wire this week announced that in 2020, we saw historic lows in interest rates 16 times during the 12-month period, and that most believe that the interest rates will remain flat. So they believe that new home sales and uh, pre-existing home sales will rise around 10% in 2021. So that's very good news for everybody in real estate. In South Carolina, we found something that was very interesting. According to a study conducted by United Van Lines, which is the nation's largest mover of household goods, they found that in 2020, Americans continued to ditch northeastern and west coast states for southeastern and sunbelt states. And according to the group's data, which is based on household moves handled by United, just states with the highest inbound rates were as follows. Top three, Idaho one, Boise's beautiful, you need to go there. South Carolina is two, Oregon three, I'll give you the top five, South Dakota, Arizona. Now, the ones that were the most outbound, of course, were New Jersey, New York, Illinois, Connecticut, and California. People used to want to go to California, now everybody wants to get the heck out. In the corona arena, let's talk about some good news there. I mentioned some of this last time, but I thought we would go ahead and hit on it a little bit again today. The University of Florida found that no asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic spread in their new study that was published in the Journal of American Medical Association. So what does that mean? Well, the first thing it means is that what they found was the secondary attack rate is only 16.6%. So when the first person gives it, gets it, 
they only give it to somebody 16.6% of the time. So there's an 83.4% chance that if somebody in your house gets it, you're not going to get it from them. I like to try to look at it on the positive. Number two, the attack rate, they said, for adults was much higher than the contact rate or, or attack rate for children. We know that. Kids aren't getting it the way that adults are getting it. They also said it was higher for your spouse than it was for other family members. So if you get it, you're more likely to spread it to your spouse than you are to your children or your parents. The secondary attack rate overall is 18% for symptomatic cases. So if somebody with symptoms has it, they have an 18% chance of giving it to somebody else. But if they are asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic, there's only a 0.7% chance of spread. And according to the study, they said, quote, this is not statistically different than zero. So basically, according to this study, if you're asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic, there's a zero chance of spread. It's only when you're symptomatic that there's a chance of spread. Very good news to hear because that's not what they've been telling us in the medium. Second thing I saw on COVID was Health and Human Services website shared some very interesting information. We've also been led to believe in the media that the hospitals, that people are literally standing in the hallways and they're out in the yards and there's nowhere for these patients. According to Health and Human Services' own website that monitor this, inpatient bed in hospitals is only 71.3% of capacity. Hospitals don't make money being at zero capacity. People with COVID is only 17.74%. So less than 18% of all hospital patients are there with COVID. Not for COVID, but with COVID. You could be there for something else, but you tested positive for COVID, so now you're there with COVID. And in the ICU beds are only at 63%, so there's still 37% of ICU beds available. And what the data revealed, according to this author, is that C, uh, COVID-19 cases are not overwhelming hospital bed capacity at this time. Health and Human Services numbers are also encouraging because what they're showing is that with this latest outbreak of COVID, of the 100 health jurisdictions in the United States, 66% of them are experiencing a decrease in cases, four have already plateaued. So 70, almost, was it 70% of the health jurisdictions are either flat or decreasing in their cases. Now, South Carolina is, appears still to be going up or either is now plateauing, um, but that's good news. We should obviously expect to start seeing our numbers decrease. So those are very good things to see in Gary's Good News Only. Well, that's our show for this week. On a side note, if you are a fan of The Bachelor, and if you are, I understand if you don't want to admit that out loud. I used not to admit it out loud, but now I do. Uh, we do have a video blog that we do on The Bachelor. What we do is we talk about each week all of the stupidity of the show, which, believe me, there's tons of stupidity in that show. And then we post it on our uh, Facebook as well as on our YouTube channel. So if you want to go to Blair Cato, you can look at that on uh, by going to YouTube, type in Blair Cato, and you should be able to find the latest uh, renderings of our show called Three Dudes Talk About The Bachelor. I do the show with Chris Clow, who is a real estate agent, and John Stackhouse, who is a real estate commissioner. So it is a lot of fun. So hopefully you guys can uh, listen to us making fun of the show that is known as The Bachelor. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this week's show. And if you did, if you'll please like us, share us, and subscribe to us. You can follow me at Pickering Gary on Instagram. That's P-I-C-K-R-E-N-G-A-R-Y. I hope everybody has a wonderful week, and we look forward to having a great 2021 with you.